Hello and welcome to episode three of the Sound of My Own Voice podcast. I'm your host, as always, Ian Barrage, and we are here rather than episode one and two, where we had some modicum of forethought, some notes, some sort of idea of what we are going to talk about today. We have eschewed all of that in favor of just going off the top, uh, mostly because this week has been uh, rather dull um, in my personal life, and I spent all weekend uh, rearranging my game room slash podcasting recording room slash streaming studio slash work office now with our work from home setup. Uh, and I literally just had to reset this mic up at 2 a.m., two hours before this has to go out because I said I fucking didn't record a podcast this weekend. So we are going to just talk about some stuff and we're going to see how things go. I can almost assure you that this one is not going to be a full hour as I need to go to bed. Um, as always, uh, you can find the Sound of My Own Voice podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, all at the Sound of My Own Voice podcast. Uh, would love it if you guys like the podcast, if you would subscribe. Also, apparently, iTunes rates you and indexes you in the algorithm based on reviews. So if anyone would like to drop a review, that would help me out greatly. Let me know how I'm doing. Rate, uh, rate the podcast overall. Give me some critique. Give me some feedback. Let's see what's uh, going on. Uh, you can also always find it uh, at my website, the Sound of My Own Voice Podcast.com, uh, as well as now uh, with three episodes sort of in the chamber, I will actually be opening the Twitter and Facebook um, for posts and actually communicating on those as well. Uh, the Facebook is the Sound of My Own Voice Podcast, uh, but because that is far too many letters for the stingy Twitter usernames, uh, the Twitter is at T. S-O-M-O-V podcast.com. So the letters of the sound of my own voice and then podcast. So uh, what to talk about today? I think this is going to be a pretty video game uh, centric episode. Uh, so apologies to anyone who uh, doesn't like gaming but does like the sound of my voice because I can't think of another reason why you might be listening. Um, I did finish the second book in the Wheel of Time series this week, and I do want to talk about that, but I think I want to actually have some thoughts and get collected on uh, that before I have a discussion about it, before I really deep dive into that series and fantasy in general and kind of talk more about um, just the context and the texture of those books to me, um, going back and, and reading them now um, and then having read them in the past. Um, so a couple of things on the uh, radar today that I think might be interesting to talk about, might be interesting to hear about. Uh, quick first story is I actually got uh, the wonderful 101 remastered uh, in the mail today uh, for Switch, which is pretty awesome. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Wonderful 101 was a game on Wii U uh, by Platinum Games of uh, Bayonetta fame. Uh director Hideki Kamiya. Um, it was actually a very, very unique game. Uh, at the time, I was rather poor and working at GameStop. I actually think this would have been right around the time I actually quit GameStop. Um, so I uh, didn't ever end up picking it up uh, and just never went into the secondhand market and got it. And it's one of the very few Wii games worth a shit 
playing-wise uh, that I don't own. And I saw that Platinum Games was doing a Kickstarter for a remastered version on the Switch. And they were basically like, look, we have the game like 85, 90% finished. Uh, we just need some money to like get it over the hump, get it over the hill and help with distribution. And in my mind, I was kind of like, hey, you know what? Platinum Games, great track record of great games. I mean, they put out pretty much banger after banger after banger um, of games that they actually put out, RIP scale bound. Um, but I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Looked at the thing, uh, decided to get a physical copy, uh, and it actually came in today, which is great news, uh, because not only has it been a while since I actually kickstarted something, uh, it may have been even longer since I got a reward even within the same fucking decade that, uh, a Kickstarter said they were going to ship this out in. I think this was originally supposed to come out in April when the digital version of the game out, but was obviously delayed due to COVID, which... I'm not going to hold against them. Managing to get this out in July, uh, two months later, or June, two months later, is, is fucking incredible, honestly. The hollow sleeve backer cover is very, very nice. Um, it's got a little hollow foil uh, on the front that is actually um, a nice uh, sort of embossed version of the uh, actual cover art. And then on the back, it actually has a nice little message uh, from Team Wonderful. Uh, which says, it's been seven years since the original release of The Wonderful 101. Now, thanks to crowdfunding, we've been able to revisit this title and touch up a lot of small details from before in this new definitive edition. Just the fact that we've been given an opportunity feels like a dream come true. Uh, and then they talk about the fact that this is their first self-published games. They hope, you know, Platinum Games work will come, uh, you know, and look better and look back and say you were glad to have been part of the campaign. They said, so for everyone who helped us with this reality, make this a reality, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. That's actually signed by uh, Hideki Kamiya and Atushi Anaba, uh, the director and producer, respectively, for uh, The Wonderful 101. So this is uh, kind of a, I guess, a Wii U cult classic, um, if anything can really be considered cult classic from the Wii U. And now it's out on Switch, and I think PS4 as well. But I figured, you know what, why not keep it in the Nintendo family? Um, very reasonably priced on the Kickstarter, uh, less than a normal Switch game, and which is actually odd for switch remasters switch remasters come out at fucking full price all the time same game that was on wii u um so i'm really pleased with this and this is a nice uh, addition to the collection and uh, i'm gonna gonna pop it in here and probably play it uh here soon in a little bit um though my switch is actually currently uh being tied up by a uh, competition that some friends and i are doing in a discord uh where we are going back through uh, three NES games, three SNES games, and then three NES games, and three more SNES games on the NES Online and Switch Online service. Uh, and we're actually going to kind of do like a gauntlet style, like different challenges for each game. Everyone's trying to play. It's about 20, 25 people involved, so it's pretty cool. Probably going to end up streaming that uh, at some point. Um, but moving on, let's see what else interesting has happened in the world of gaming this week. Ah, yes. Uh, something that actually is uh, very important to me. It's really become more uh, a part of uh, my gaming uh, life than I thought it would have ever when the game first launched. Uh, but Fortnite just had its biggest uh, event of the season, its season-ending event uh, earlier today. 
um, I actually managed to get in. A lot of people I know um, di either didn't weren't able to sign in or, or had an issue where they were in the game, but the event didn't launch, which is insane because there were apparently 12 million concurrent players on their servers at one time, which is just nuts to have that many people uh, on and playing. And then there was an additional 8.5 million people watching on Twitch and YouTube and everything which is just bonkers when you think about just from a video game perspective and, and viewership and you think about just in-game at the same time all playing. 12 million concurrent players. The server load for that is fucking insane. Uh, it, it, to put that into perspective, 12 million is like peak concurrent WoW or Final Fantasy 14 subscribers, I think. WoW might actually be a little higher, but I'm pretty sure that's close to peak Final Fantasy 14 subscribers. That's every person who's ever been subscribed to that game, all online, all at one time. Fucking Square Enix and Blizzard absolutely could not handle that. Their servers would shit the bed. So the fact that Epic was even able to get 12 million people in on this is nuts, and the fact that 12 million people are fucking willing to at... 2 p.m. Eastern on a Monday in the middle of the fucking day, log in and play is nuts. Um, and it really just goes to show that like Fortnite is still a cultural touchstone. I think it is a cultural touchstone in the video game realm, though some people might say for better or for worse. Um, I think it's done a lot of uh, interesting things for the gaming community. I think it's done a lot right uh, from a game design perspective. I think it may have done a decent amount wrong as well um, from their competitive scene. Um, but they're also trying to balance, you know, really like three different worlds. They're trying to balance the super hardcore competitive scene, uh, people who want the most optimized, the least random, which is like totally counterintuitive to the central conceit of a battle royale game. Like battle royale games are by nature random and are by nature because of their randomness, less competitive than, say, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears, whatever, because they're, the, the, the more random chance you have in, uh, a, in a game that you can't prepare for, the less um, skill, generally speaking, uh, there is. People would say, like, poker is the obvious counter to that, where there's virtually, you know, all randomness and all luck in terms of being able to uh, know which cards you're getting. Um, but I'd say the the skill gap there is in how you play your opponents and how you, uh, you know, understand each encounter. Um, and also, like, it's really not a one-to-one -one ratio because an encounter in Fortnite you could play similarly. You know, if someone has a better weapon, just like someone would have a better hand in poker, uh, you could kind of bluff that depending on how you position yourself, right? Just like you'd bluff a smaller hand. You might get a kill, and now that player is gone. Very rarely will, you know, that player not be... Uh, in the game anymore in poker, right? There's only so many knockouts. Um, so I guess that was kind of a tangent, but not really one-to-one. -one. Um, but yeah, so they did a a event today um, for the end of uh, Chapter 2, Season 2, which, fucking shit, I really wish we had just called it, you know, Season 12. Um, calling it Chapter 2, Season 2 is just is so mouthy, such a just tongue over into the teeth i i just hate that so many words to describe what it is you know s12 you know i guess you call it you know fucking c2 s2 um but anyways so they um haven't really had a lot of good in my opinion 
uh, lore since uh, Chapter 2. And I know what you're thinking. What the fuck, Fortnite lore? That doesn't track. It's a fucking battle royale. But I actually think Fortnite did a really, really, really good job early on seeding clues for the lore to the world into their game for those that were looking for it. Um, and some of that spilled out into like the save the world mode, which is like their single player, I guess, kind of, or like cooperative mode, not their battle royale mode. I mean, they kind of took a little bit of elements from that, but like really the, the central conceit of like season one was basically we came to this Island. There were seven, they're called the seven. And basically um, they ripped a hole in time and created a, a, a fucking time loop. And that was what was creating the, uh, you know, the buses being able to go on. That's why we never died. That's why we always came in and came out and came in and came out. And I think that um, the way that they sort of escalated that narrative and that storyline worked really well. Their first like really, really big like storyline piece, their very first ever event was um, sort of this build up to where there was uh, this villain out on the island um and you didn't really see the villain it wasn't like really a known entity that much um at first but basically uh this villain shot a rocket uh off on the map and the big thing was like oh tilted towers is going to be destroyed this old poi and what actually happened was is it blew a hole in uh the map itself and it created this rift and then from then through the rest of the seasons, so from season four to season 10, there were variations on rifts. There were variations on um, uh, heroes and villains. Like the next thing had a bunch of superheroes and a, uh, and a bunch of villains. There was a supervillain layer that got built with like a skull in the side of a mountain. There was a, a hero mansion where you could see like all of the, the sort of like, it was obviously clearly more like hero driven. Um, New POIs were sort of wrapped into the story a little bit. Um, they kind of weren't really in the larger overarching narrative, right? Like when uh, Lazy Links became Lazy Lagoon, that wasn't like a really big narrative uh, piece. But when things like um, the vault underneath uh, Lazy Lake or even when uh, Kevin the Cube spawned, which was this cube that rolled around the map, and then it finally went to uh, Lazy Lake, and it melted into the lake and turned the lake bouncy, and then the fucking house at Lazy Lake flew up into the air and floated around the island for an, a whole season. And then there was wind tunnels you could ride, and then there was a vault underneath uh, Lazy Lazy Lake that opened up in an event, and that vault gave us like these six cool items, and they did this cool thing where... Uh, you know, all of the players in the whole game pickaxed, uh, you know, different boxes where these like items that had been vaulted were and whoever got the most pickaxes came out. There was a mech fight where a fucking giant mech fought a dinosaur and then there was dinosaur bones on the thing. And then, of course, as I would say, is probably the most badass and most daring thing that a game has ever done. Uh, it all culminated in a giant countdown event from the seven uh so we kind of got this idea that the seven were basically trying to break out of the time loop they realized that they were in an infinite time loop and they were trying to get out um i don't remember the prevailing theory that the seven are actually all the same person just from seven different parallel universes within the time loop is correct but effectively these seven people um of which we've only met three there's only three character skins that you see of the seven um 
they uh, basically do this big countdown. They get a rocket ship and they blow blow through the dimension of the uh, game, and it ripped a hole in space and time and created a black hole that sucked the entire game of Fortnite into a black hole. Like the whole map sucked into a black hole. Additionally, if you were in the lobby when it happened, the lobby sucked into a black hole. And for three fucking days, the game was off. They shut down all of the servers. They weren't doing anything. If you logged into the game, it was literally a black hole. In one of the most interesting and ballsy moves, I think, ever in gaming, the game at the height of its popularity turned itself off. It didn't allow anyone to play it for three days. Uh, in in uh, preparation for what was sort of the biggest revamp that they've ever had, which was a brand new map. Presumably, uh, that was because we had broken out of the time loop and we were, you know, uh, in a new world. And this world uh, had swimming and boats and, you know, and it kind of had its own sort of lore but the problem is that season one of this new chapter got extended for like 18 fucking months like his longest season ever and the lore in it was just whack as shit there was like this goop that uh or or, or uh this slurp as it's called um that was like like this good versus evil like you had all of the characters had like an opposite good versus evil character um and really like that was kind of it um there was uh the holiday stuff for christmas and everything but really it was like very bare bones very boring and season two really didn't do much more to change the envelope for the lore in general suddenly there were these five new pois there was these five new bosses that existed and they had five sort of oldish weapons that they sort of revamped in the mythic weapons but there's really no explanation as to why they were there there's nothing in game that really like sparked an interest there was none of that like good season one like or a good sorry chapter one like season three or season five or season seven lore um and that changed today because what we saw today was uh basically the um the center of the map has had a giant tower on it that's owned by a boss called Midas. And that giant tower had made a giant fucking beam that literally pushed the storm back in the middle of a fight. So the storm was collapsing in, and it pushes it back during the middle of a battle. And uh, as it's pushing it back, you get, like, all of a sudden, like, the screen fades to white. And you're in an office, like a normal office building. And I'm like looking at a screen and I see what was happening in the in the game on the screen. And I go, oh, fuck, we're in a simulation. Like we never got out of the time loop. We're in a fucking computer game. Literally, we're in a computer game. I thought maybe they were going to take it a step further. It was going to be meta and we we're going to be like in Epic's offices. Um, but that actually happens three times. You go back into this office three times and you can kind of walk around. But you hear a character outside talking and they say, like, yes, uh, you know, is there anything wrong with the time loop? Yeah, everything's going crazy, blah, blah, blah. They say, hey, we're taking care of it. How long do you think that'll hold them? Uh, because the storm actually now has just turned into a giant tsunami wave, which is pretty sick and definitely changes the status quo for the game. 
mechanically, it's very different. There's no more storm battles. Uh, you can get jettisoned out of the storm now and basically die on impact. Uh, you can't fly vehicles throughout it. So it's really going to change the pace of the game, which I think is interesting. Um, so I'm actually really, really interested to see how that's going to work in the competitive, like really, really hyper competitive scene come season three and what else they change um, tomorrow when the new season launches. Um, but the biggest thing is at the end of the third one, uh, the, a character opens the door to the office and goes like, what the? It's like, wait, what? how are you here? Wait, can you hear me? And then it fades back out. So it's clear that we're in some sort of simulation. We're not actually part of the group of people that came out of the time loop. There are people still either in the time loop or understanding the time loop. But this sort of like really tantalizing, really cool, big Fortnite lore event is what was really known in the Fortnite community for these end of season events. And it's just something that really hasn't um had a really big impact in a while right uh and, and not in the amount of seasons it's only been two seasons since the black hole but the fact of the matter is i think it's been seven or eight months since the black hole happened and that's just so so long to go uh from a content perspective without really sort of drip feeding in some new story uh, which actually segues pretty nicely into, I think, the last game I'm going to talk about today. Uh, and again, for those of you who do not give a fuck about video games, if you've made it this far, thank you. I appreciate you uh, listening to me sort of uh, ramble about uh, some of my favorite games and just sort of talk at you for 30 minutes. Uh, I do do ever so appreciate it. Um, but the next game uh, that I want to talk about is Fantasy Star Online 2, uh, a game near and dear to my heart. Um, Fantasy Star Online, I played the ever-loving fuck out of it back on GameCube, um, just played it to death, and uh, I've been waiting eight years for PSO2 to come to North America, never really got into the whole like VPNing into the Japanese servers and everything, uh, trying to do like fan patches and everything, just kind of had really given up on it coming over. Uh, and then at Microsoft C3 last year, they announced that they were doing a, uh, uh, you know, it was going to be on Xbox and, and PC. And I was like, fuck, yes, this is incredible. So I've been playing that since the closed beta, and I've been grinding it pretty hard. But they just actually dropped the content roadmap for the rest of the year. And apparently, this is actually really impressive, I think. Um, I think the community would probably say that they're handling it a little poorly, but I... I mean, there's so many factors at play here from the fact that the team that handles the Twitter and the forums and all the PR and all the community is a different team than Sega of Japan that's, like, doing all the dev work and, like, Sega of America is not involved. And it's really just a bifurcated, like, uh, pipeline when it comes to, like, delivering messaging. Um, and so I know how shitty that can be, so I don't really blame uh, any of the community people for, you know, how this is getting delivered. But they're actually launching... All of the content in Japan's servers, so all of the recent content, eight years of content, by the end of this year, I think asterisk with the exception of like the last update of season six, because it, on the content roadmap, it actually says like season six part one is at the end of Q4, and it doesn't include the uh, Etoile class, which is like the third uh, Scion class or whatever the fuck they call it in North America. I can't remember if it's Scion in North America or not, but they're cramming eight years worth of content into uh, effectively one year because the closed beta came out in February, so a little less than one year of time. But really, this just launched in April for Xbox and May for PC. So to turn around 
as many years of content and almost as many months is like really impressive, I think. Not only just getting everything localized, getting everything ready to go, but also drip feeding it in a way that feels like meaningful and progressive. Um, I will say that like PSO by nature is just a very grindy game. Um, it's something that, uh, unlike something Fortnite has done in the last couple of seasons, which is make the grind literally unbearable to the point where I, I physically don't want to do it anymore. I've completed every challenge that Fortnite has ever released in the entire game, including ones that were like tied to skins that I had to buy. And I bought them just so I could fucking do the challenges. The fucking challenges in Fortnite, I just finished my last one less than 24 hours before the new season. And it is fucking abysmal. I hate these challenges now. The progression system and everything that they had from last chapter for the first 10 seasons is just leagues better than the progression system they have now. And it's just, it sucks. I fucking hate the new progression system. I know why they did it from a Skinner box perspective and from keeping people involved perspective, but boy, do I fucking hate it. Um, whereas PSO 2 is basically like it, the central gameplay loop is nothing but grinding for better gear. It's an instanced MMO, which means that instead of one large persistent world, uh, there is a uh, basically a set of uh, instances that you can go in um, that are randomly generated in PSO2's case. And you fight through um, enemies to get to a boss enemy. And you fight the boss enemy and that sort of like mission or expedition or quest or any of the other litany of terms that they use to describe um, the various instances uh, is completed. Um, sometimes you'll fight bosses on the way to bosses. Sometimes you'll get rare bosses that spawn on the way to bosses. But the central gameplay loop is grind your characters to levels. Once you're done grinding levels, grind out gear for your characters to make them more powerful, to be able to take on harder content, to get better gear, etc., 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 right? Very common gameplay group, uh, gameplay uh, loop um, seen in a lot of games, Diablo, Borderlands. I mean, any MMO really has the same sort of loop. Uh, PSO2 just happens to be hyper-focused on it, and a lot of its systems design is specifically around uh, different gameplay loops um, within itself the most notorious of which is a fixing which is like the most batshit insane uh mechanical system probably in any mmo totally like inscrutable from the outside like unless you know what you're doing you're just gonna fuck it up the first time which is unfortunately like actually like a bad thing like that's like that's not like a a design tenant that you really want to strive for that your shit is so fucking uh difficult to understand that people can't just like read and understand how to do it uh, but a lot of the interesting gameplay loops in the game revolve around, you know, farming um, enemies for better weapons. Uh, but something that I think that they did really interestingly was they actually give you a account-wide uh, increase in character stats once you hit character level 75, which is currently the max level you can get in North America. And so as you raise each class to 75, it'll give you stats that would benefit actually other classes, which I think is also interesting. Some classes do give you ones that benefit your class, but for the most part, you'll like level a magic user and it'll give you more like melee attack. And so now your melee classes are more powerful. And so I've been going through and just trying to level all my classes to 75 because realistically, it gives you these really, really good boosts all the way across the board to all characters that you utilize for the rest of time. 
And the fact that it kind of gives you this boost across all characters and all classes is pretty awesome. And um, I figured that's probably the most recognizable um, benefit, really, I think, to, to grinding right now, especially with this, like, experience boost that they're doing. But, like I said, in sort of contrast to Fortnite, right, I'm having a lot of fun literally hopping on Fantasy Star and just, like, grinding out, you know, some some quests, grinding out some some really quick, uh, you know, experience in, in an advanced quest and or maybe going for a loot run. Loot runs are kind of what I've done the least right now because I am so focused on leveling my characters. But um, it's still fun and enjoyable, and I think it has more to do with the nature of the gameplay group uh, loop where Fortnite feels like if I want to do something in Fortnite, it's going to take like 22 minutes. I'm no slouch at Fortnite, not to be braggadocious, but I'm, I'm pretty fucking good at Fortnite. Making it to the top 10, top 5 is is virtually every game where I'm actually like trying or don't land somewhere stupid and like instantly engage six people. So a game of Fortnite takes 20, 22 minutes, whereas I can hop on to PSO, do my dailies, get a couple things done, in and out, and be done in 10, 15 minutes. Um, and I can do those in piecemeals of 10 and 15 minutes throughout the day uh, and feel like I'm like gaining like uh, decent to okay um, rewards. Uh, generally, if you're doing like a specific thing, you'll want to do it for longer than 10 to 15 minutes. But there's nice gameplay loops inside of PSO that allow for that sort of piecemeal play. Um, whereas Fortnite kind of just has a 20 to 25 minute barrier to entry for each game depending on your skill level, depending on what game type you play. Uh, so it's just been interesting to me over the last couple of weeks because there's something in Fantasy Star Online where I have to uh, get to a specific story mission. So I have to, I've been working towards that. And also I've been working to make sure I completed all my challenges in Fortnite. So it's been interesting kind of these deadlines on these games sort of forcing me to play both of them a little bit more than um, I've necessarily wanted over the past week. And especially because I've been remodeling the room and everything, not really having a whole lot of time to do so. And it's been interesting just the differences that I felt when playing the games and kind of where I've been at. Um, it might also be just simply that Fantasy Star 2 is newer and fresher. Um, and I've been playing Fortnite now for almost two years i mean i guess technically no two years yeah i played my first Fortnite game and won on uh fucking december 31st 2017 i only know this because i knew it was new year's because i was at a new year's party and fucking someone was playing Fortnite, and they gave me the controller and said here try out a match and i won my first match should have retired then it was all downhill um but i think actually we are right at 30 minutes and I have rambled about uh, video games for long enough, I do believe. Um, again, thank you guys ever so much for listening to uh, uh, a little bit of dissection of Fortnite lore. Uh, and kind of just uh, honestly, literally, probably mostly. Wow. Honestly, literally, probably mostly. You can tell I'm very tired and I cannot think of words to connect when i'm just using a string of adverbs until my brain catches up and fucking restarts itself so i can start the sentence differently uh but like i think this is probably the closest to the sound of my own voice in terms of not really having an agenda not really having any idea just getting on here talking for 30 minutes uh so if you guys have made it this far again i just want to thank you so much 
Uh, if you have liked any of this or if you're delving further down into the other two episodes, like I said at the beginning, feel free to hit subscribe on any of the relevant podcast distributors, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn, uh, or just go to the website. Use that RSS feed like it's 1997. I would definitely appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and i catch you guys next week.